Okay, let's get to the word tonight. And tonight I want to preach about true beauty. <laughs> Who's beautiful? Come on, put your hand up if you think you're beautiful. Sure, we're all beautiful, okay? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Have you ever heard that saying? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, and I could put a whole bunch of slides up here, and I thought about it. I thought, you know, I could put some beautiful flowers and beautiful rainbows and beautiful scenes from nature, um, some landscapes, the ocean, the, the plants and flowers and all these beautiful things. And you know what? I might think they're beautiful, but you might think, eh, boring. And you might like dead trees. <laughs> And skeletons. You know, you might, some people do. They like things that we think are ugly. <laughs> so beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And you know, there's different kinds of beauty. There's natural beauty, and then there's the man's creations, which are beautiful too. There's artworks, there's sculptures, there's music, you know, there's dancing. There's sports achievements, you know, if you watch the football yesterday, you know, probably some people said um, that that young bloke from WA, he took a, a mark. He went right up really high and a lot of people said, oh, what a beauty, you know. They would have thought it was a beautiful thing, especially those whose team won. Some, some men think their cars are beautiful, you know. Some people have got really ugly little cats or dogs. And they think they're just a thing of beauty. <laughs> it just depends. What about people's perception when it comes to our traits? You know, beauty is usually measured by facial features or body shapes or skin colour or your height, yeah? Or your clothing style. Wow, trendy, you know. We saw a granny walking today and she was really trendy looking granny <laughs> it can be beauty can be judged on the hairstyle you know all kinds of things or even your body weight you know these are all supposed indicators of ideal forms of beauty when it comes to people i want to show you some um, uh, statistics that i was looking at for this and this is a survey that was done this year in 2023, this survey was done, and it said the average Australian is spending $431 per month on beauty services. I don't think that's any of us. <laughs> Which is the equivalent of $19.7 billion per year on trying to look good, trying to be beautiful. The largest beauty industries in America, and the second biggest is in China. So I just thought they were kind of interesting statistics. So, you know what? We live in a world that's obsessed with beauty. Wouldn't you agree? Um, we live in a world that's obsessed with looks, with appearance, with clothing, with skin products, with makeup. And I tell you what, the ones who are really making out with like bandits are plastic surgeons. They're making a fortune, okay? because of people's obsession with beauty. But there's results that can be not good. You know, people pursuing beauty, getting suntans, you know, going to sun, camp, sun beds and stuff like that and, 
ending up with skin cancers. You know, they're a bit more aware of things now, but trying to be beautiful, trying to get that elusive perfection, beauty, beauty pageants, uh, especially in America, with little kids in beauty pageants. I was shocked at how little kids are just so aware of their appearance and how competitive it is, you know, and um, how much jealousy there is and what a dangerous thing it is for these young girls and their body image. You know, and a lot of them now are so competitive and so depressed by these things that, you know, there's girls suiciding. There's girls with eating disorders, with bulimia and, and anorexia and all kinds of things because they're trying to be beautiful. And I think it's kind of a sad thing, sad thing. But I want to look at beauty from the aspect of the mention in the Bible. And I want to just give a couple of verses that are warnings, okay, first, and then we'll go down and have a look at a few other things. In Ezekiel, before Satan became the devil, he was a beautiful angel. And said, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, this is in heaven. Every precious stone was your covering. So we can't even imagine how beautiful. It says perfect in beauty. And this is God's perspective, not ours. We can't imagine the beauty that is mentioned here. So he was absolutely beautiful. He was the covering angel. It was like the worship leader of heaven. And then it says this down in verse 17. But your heart was lifted up. In other words, you were proud. You were arrogant because of your beauty. Because of your beauty. And I don't know about you, but if probably most of the beautiful people are pretty lifted up, pretty proud. You know, it's like, oh, sad how you look. Look at me. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So he became very proud because of his beauty. And so this is a warning from the Bible not to be arrogant, not to look at the outer, okay? And then what happened? It says, the Lord therefore cast him to the ground, laid him before kings. In other words, people could see what you're really like that they might gaze at you. So someone who was supposedly absolutely perfect in beauty is now the ugly demon, devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, okay? God dealt with him and he will deal with him significantly in the future as well, okay? The next verse I want to go to is Proverbs. So here's a warning in the book of Proverbs, many times it mentions about beauty and how deceptive it can be, trusting in it. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. This is out of Proverbs 31. So what impresses the Lord? The fear of the Lord. It's not about the outward appearance, okay? Not about the outward appearance. So this is from the Book of Wisdom of Solomon. And then you go to Samuel. And this was when the prophet Nathan was coming to anoint David or to anoint the next king of Israel. Uh, prophet Samuel, sorry. 
But the Lord spoke to Samuel. He was looking at all the brothers, and I've shared this before. Looked at all the brothers, and he said, Don't look on his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. See, the world will look at somebody's appearance and their physique and go, Wow, handsome, impressive. But God's like, No, I've refused this one. I have refused him. He doesn't fit okay I'm going to choose who I choose and of course he chose David but the Lord doesn't see as man sees you know what we think might be beautiful God may not he may refuse it the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart the Lord looks at the heart so, you know, if you're feeling ugly one day, you're feeling short, you're feeling fat, you're feeling white, you're feeling black, you're feeling whatever you feel, don't worry about it. Just keep your heart right because that's what God is looking at and that's what God is looking for. And he will overlook all the so-called beautiful ones to get to you, to bless you. Man looks at the outer, God looks at the heart you know it's mentioned quite a few times in the Old Testament so it's interesting that it's only mentioned one time beauty is only mentioned one time the beauty of people that is is mentioned once in the New Testament and Peter says it says do not let your adornment be merely outward in other words don't worry about your outward appearance again arranging the hair does my hair look good Wearing gold. Wow, look at that. Zing, zing. Huh? <laughs> or putting on fine apparel. Ooh, the latest brand name. I bet you're jealous. No. Don't do that, it says. But rather, let it be the hidden person. Not what you can see on the outside. Not the hair you can see. Not the clothes. Not all that. But the hidden person of the heart. What's on the inside? with the incorruptible beauty, wow, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Who's got a gentle, quiet spirit? <laughs> Sometimes. Which is very precious in the sight of God. We've all got our problems, let's face it, okay? But deep down, we really are gentle and quiet. Amen? <laughs> and it's very precious in the sight of the Lord. We are beautiful to the Lord, no matter what we look like on the outside. The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Okay? So, he's saying it's not what's on display that really matters. You know, what are we putting on display? Are we trying to display everything on the outside or are we displaying something different that comes from the inside? That's what it's all about. So here it's talking about, we've talked about beauty of people. But you know what? The most that's mentioned in the Bible is the beauty of the Lord. It's not about this and that and looks. It's something way higher, something more wonderful than that. Psalm 27, this is written by King David, a worshipper. 
a worshipper will understand the beauty of the Lord more than most people. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, I want to spend time in the presence of God all my life. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. The beauty of the Lord is evident in the house of the Lord. A lot of people don't get it. They think, I don't need to go to church. But that's where the beauty of the Lord is. There's a special deposit. There's something special about being in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. You won't see with your eyes, but there will be an infusion. There'll be a touch of God that comes upon you because you come into his house. David had this understanding. We don't fully understand it. But as you come to the house of the Lord, things in your life will begin to change. There'll be a divine exchange because the beauty of the Lord is in this place. Okay? And then again, in uh, Psalm 90. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. So that one was written by David. This was written by Moses. They understood about the beauty of the Lord. Moses said this in Psalm 90. Let the beauty of the Lord our God, this is a prayer, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In other words, the blessing, the strength, the presence, the favour of God be upon us. Let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. What is that? It's something that's not visibly tangible, but it's something that comes from on high. Let that beauty be upon us. Let the favour and the strength of God establish us. The work of our hands. Awesome. There's many other mentions in the book of Psalms as well. And then you've got Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah says this to Israel. He said, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see the land that is very far off. So he's speaking this to the people of Israel. But this is also prophetic of Jesus, that we, our eyes, will see our king in his beauty, in that land which is far off in heaven. One day we will get to be with our Messiah. And we will see him face to face. We will see his, his beauty. How awesome is that? I think it's really awesome that they talk about the king. The king. The king. His beauty. There's no mention of beauty queens. There's no mention of beauty queens. That's a worldly thing. Hmm? Maybe Esther the Queen was beautiful, but there's no mention of beauty queens. The beauty is of the Lord, and he's the king. I think it's awesome that that's mentioned. So what is this beauty? You know, if you can't touch it or see it, or what is it? What is this beauty? Okay, here we go. Here's an answer. And this was written by David too. Chronicles means books. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 29. 
He says, give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There's a clue. Holiness is beautiful to God. Holiness. What is holiness? Is it being perfect? Absolutely not. Holiness is about humility and reverence. It's about the fear of the Lord. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And again in 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat the king, this is what he did. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord because they were surrounded by an army. And he said to the singers, I want you guys to sing to the Lord, should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people who came against Judah and they were defeated. Praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness, with humility, with faith, with reverence, and God will destroy the enemies. The beauty of holiness. So, what should we do? What should we do then? Can we make anything happen? We just present ourselves before God. We make ourselves available. This is what we do. We present our bodies, okay? Not to be beautiful to the world. Not to try and impress people. Not to get attention. Okay? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. In other words, don't follow the values and the ways of the world, but be transformed by the word of, by the, word of the Lord, by the presence of God. Make yourself available to God. And then, what happens? It says, this is why Jesus came. Isaiah 61, last verse. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. He gives us the beauty. He gives us that holiness. He imputes that righteousness to us. He gives it to us. We don't have to try and make things happen. We just make ourselves available to the Lord. And then he gives us beauty for ashes. All those things which are a mess in our lives. All those things that were, were um, unbecoming. Ugly things in our lives. He gives us beauty. He removes our sin. He removes our shame. He removes our guilt, our depression. All those things. And he gives us beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. Instead of misery, we've got joy. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why does he give us these things? Number one mention is beauty. Why? So we would be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. 
that he would be glorified. We are trees planted by God. And you know what? We're fruit trees. We're fruit trees. We bear fruit. The fruit of love, the fruit of peace, the fruit of joy, the fruit of kindness, the fruit of patience, the fruits of loyalty. Beautiful, beautiful trees planted by God. Beautiful children of the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your awesome word tonight. Lord, we thank you that true beauty is not something that we can really make happen because it's going to fade away anyway. But Lord, true beauty is the incorruptible beauty on the inside. The life of God on the inside. Lord, we don't want to be obsessed like the world with looks, things that try and make us look better. Lord, we want to fear you, follow you. Thank you, Lord, that our beauty comes from the inside out. We shine from the inside. We shine for you, Lord. Worship you in the beauty of holiness. As we come into your house, Lord, you deposit more and more, more and more into our lives. The beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. We just bless you tonight. We thank you, Lord. All the good things that you give to us. We'll lift off the pressure to conform. Let us know the joy of transforming. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well, have an awesome week, everyone. Say hi to someone if anyone needs prayer. I want to pray with you. Bye, everyone. God bless.